Welcome to Go Get Great, the podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs and ambitious small business owners. I'm your host, Brittany, owner of Brittany Miller Socials and mother of three. Go Get Great is all about helping you make life and business work together. You'll learn about the fumbles that helped get me and my guests to where we are today so you don't have to make them. So come join the journey with Go Get Great. Good morning, everyone. So today I have Becky Sporer. She is a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a friend, a sister, a daughter, an aunt, a niece, an ex-wife, a business owner, an employee, a teacher, and most importantly, a woman of God. So we are going to be talking today, but before we dive in, I just want to give you a little bit more about her background because she has a lot going on and I am here for it. (laughs) Uh, So you guys all know that we wear many hats in our business and it keeps life crazy wild and and it's exhausting, absolutely exhausting, but also a ton of fun. So Becky and I both share that view on life. Uh, Becky's also really passionate about helping and encouraging women to take ownership of their life and to put themselves on the top of their priority list, which I love so that we can all live our best lives, be ourselves and be there for our family. So she is excited to take the lessons that she's learned and share her personal experience with women in her first book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Her dream is to connect, encourage, and cheer for, and speak love to women of all ages. So this is just so excited. I'm thrilled to have you here today, Becky. So before we dive in, I just want to welcome you and turn it over to you in case I missed anything in your introduction that you want to share with everyone. That's such a big list. Like you, when you're reading it, I'm like, oh my goodness. No, no wonder some days I have bags under my eyes and I'm tired. <laughs> I was reading it. I was like, you've got a lot going on. It is. It is. It's such a fun and full life though. And I am really excited about the book and I'm so excited to be able to um, share on your podcast and for the invitation to be able to be, to be on here. I think it's awesome when women encourage and make space for other women to, to help motivate and encourage and just cheer for each other. I think that's so fabulous. Yes, I totally agree, which is why I was like, I want to do something that I can talk to other women on. So I'm thrilled to be here and to have you here. So where would you like to start today? Because I have so many questions, but is there something that you wanted to know? Okay. All right. Um, Ask away and I will do my best to answer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I love talking to other women and moms, especially when they have multiple children to and hearing how much they love it because it is definitely very crazy, also incredibly fulfilling, but I feel like we're, I don't want to say a different breed, but there are, you know, some people out there that are like, wow, like you've got, you've got a lot of kids and I know you have four yourself from a blended family. Yeah. How do you like being a mom of four? So, um, I'm a mom of four teenagers. I thought it's about to dump uh-huh. that in there. Like, um, our kids are 16, 15, 14, and 13. And so mm-hmm. I love the teenage years. Um, I've loved being a mom. I've been a stepmom now for over five years. Mm-hmm. So I just love it. You know, I think there is something so beautiful about getting to see kids grow and blossom and there's something so powerful in, I feel like in mamas getting to shape mm-hmm. that next generation, whether we're shaping mm-hmm. our boys to, to be great husbands and understand the craziness that goes on with 
having a wife possibly one day and possibly raising your daughters one day. And then to also for me to, to be able to speak life into my, my two girls who are our youngest too, about mm-hmm. like dreaming big and really like not living within sometimes the box that I feel like society can place on us. And so that has mm-hmm. really been my driving force is when I look at those two girls of mine, just wanting everything that they want their life to be, to be able to have that and not feel restricted by societal norms. And so that's, I love being a mom in four mm-hmm. and four teenagers has just been the best, <laughs> the absolute best. <laughs> Good. You know, I'm so happy to hear that. I keep telling everyone that I talk to, it's like, I'm going to have another child because I've got three at home right now. And Grayson's like, uh, uh-uh, no, no. Like we're done at three. I was like, but we're not. <laughs> uh, we're not. And I love four. Four is such a fun number. I mean, like I said, and we're yeah. blessed that as a blended family, our kids get along fantastic. The boys are the oldest and the girls are the youngest, but it's just so nice. And our family will always say many hands makes light the work. And so mm. we're big on doing things as a family. We're big on doing a lot of things together. And so mm-hmm. I can't imagine not having all those hands to do such so many fun things with. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I really like hearing that, you know, many hands make light work because I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, the more kids you have, the more work you have. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, to some respect, but like at the same time, also no, because in my personal opinion, once you kind of have like one or two adding more, it doesn't really, you know, you're making basically the same amount of meals. You're doing more or less the same amount of laundry. You're going to the same place. They all fit in the car. So it, well, and I just always think it like ramps up the amount of personalities in our family. And so it just like, mm-hmm. there's more laughter and there's more joy and there's more opportunity to see different passions emerge. And, and I just think mm-hmm. that there's so much blessing in that for our family. Like I love having the four kids. I mean, I get it. It's not for everybody and that's okay. Right. But I also have families that I'm really good friends with that have 10 plus kids. And so like, that's more than I would want, but they can't imagine having (laughs) any less than that. So I, you know, just true. I think it's just for everybody's different, but I love having, I love my four. I wouldn't trade them for nothing. Good. I'm glad. So for, you know, those listeners out there who have toddlers like me, what's your advice for teenagers when we get to that stage? How different is it really? I have to tell you, like they have been just fun, like very much. We're not friends. Like I'm the parent, they're the teenager, but just Mm -hmm. it's less, it's, I think it's learning to appreciate where they're at. And it's listening mm. to the stories that you think are dumb that they're talking about with their friends. And like this, like some of the stories we hear, like literally my husband and I will lay in bed at night. We're like, I could not stand to listen to that story, but it's important to them. Right. And so you mm-hmm. want to keep that line of communication open. So you just mm. listen and you just let them feel what they're feeling and you just listen to what they're going through. And then you just Mm -hmm. guide and direct them the best that you can. Um, I think that hopefully when they're toddlers in their elementary years, you've molded a good relationship. And so then when Mm -hmm. they get to teenagers, the relationship just grows. You know, when we Mm -hmm. have a strict, very, we're very limited on the technology we allow our kids to have during family time. So Mm -hmm. 
even with four teenagers, like we're playing cards every night because it's easy to do. It keeps everybody's hands busy, but we're also then having conversations mm-hmm. about how much they hate their Spanish teacher or how hard their homework was or the trouble they're having with one of their friends. And it's nice to know that you have family around you to, to support you in that. And I think it really does come from more listening, less talking when they get older. Okay. I think, you know, I may struggle with that a little bit. The, you know, active listening, it's like your kids tell you the same thing 10 times because they think it's hilarious and you laughed the first time. And I'm just like, <sighs> totally feel that if I have to hear one more lunchroom story, I've never been so grateful for the end of school in all of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I forgot to mention Becky is from the States. Whereabouts in the States are you from? So I come, I'm from Colorado. I am from Southeast Colorado. Okay. Very nice. So your kids are done their school year already. Thursday. We're done on Thursday. Ooh, okay. My daughter Talia is actually starting kindergarten this coming September. So we have an open house to go to at her school on Thursday. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to cry. Like she's not even going to school yet, but like, we're going to like tour it and see what it's all about. And I was just like, I am not emotionally ready for her to go to school yet. Like she's, you know, my little girl, my oldest, but still my little girl. And it doesn't feel like she should be four and going off to school yet. Like time is just a weird concept. (laughs) You know, when my kids were little in that age, like where yours are at in that younger age Mm -hmm. and a wise old woman once told me the days are long, but the seasons are short. And I can mm-hmm. look back now and my little girl that I was talking about taking to, to preschool and like, what is this going to look like is now my little girl that's flying airplanes, you know? So it is, wow. such, they do that, that nerve that I can't believe this is happening. I don't know if that ever goes away, but it is so cool to watch them just grow wings and fly and flourish. So mm-hmm. hang in there, mama. It'll yeah. be okay. Thank you. <laughs> you like tears are okay. That's just, you know, what I'm going to have to like learn to embrace tears are okay. It's okay. Yep. So we've chatted a little bit before this. So I'm confident in saying that you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur as well. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about some of the different businesses that you have going on. Sure. So, um, when my husband and I got married, uh, five and a half years ago, we, started um, a farming and cattle operation with joint venture together. Um, so we have what we call six pack farm and cattle. His three plus my three gave us a six pack. So uh-huh. we became six pack farm and cattle. And so my husband and I farm and have a cow calf operation that we run together. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how many people work on a daily basis with their spouses, but it's been great, but it's hard, right? Like it's, it's a challenging endeavor and we've loved it, but it also, my love for doing that work and my love for teaching, which is what I do for my regular normal job is I'm a college instructor. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it was my love for working with my husband and being an entrepreneur and my love for teaching that really birthed then the new business, which is encouraging writing my book and really just speaking life to women who are in these fields that feel so overwhelmed with wifehood, motherhood, career coming at us, you know, and it, and it really, mm-hmm. it was birthed out of my love for my other careers and my other jobs that really was like, 
there is something missing. You know, I was so tired and so burnt out that that's how this, the latest, my latest business of just really wanting to cheer and root for women started, but it started because when I, when my husband and I started our business, now I'm a full-time instructor. We run a full-time business. I'm a mom to four kids and I'm a wife and the hats became so many and so heavy that I lost myself in who I was as a woman instead mm-hmm. of making that the priority so that I could do everything else better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And there's so much that I want to talk about there, but before we move on to that, I'm, I have a question because I'm curious for myself. So in my business right now, I have my Brittany Miller socials and podcasting is kind of my side hobby, but one of our goals for the next I'm going to say a year, but hopefully sooner is to actually bring my partner Grayson home so that he can be, I guess, a stay at home dad and kind of support me in my business. Cause we have very complementary skill sets in the sense that, you know, he's a photographer and he's starting to do like video editing. So he actually edits all of my video podcasts and he'll do my podcast audio editing too. So we'd love to have him around more to kind of help in those areas. And then just, you know, take on some work from other individuals as well to kind of support that. And we, we tend to work really well together, but we have those days where it's just like, oh my goodness, you are the only human that I see. And the only person I can talk to about my business. And sometimes it feels like our relationship suffers a little bit because it's just so businessy and we don't really have that separation for ourselves. So what are your, your key tips for kind of balancing that very interesting, delicate relationship? Well, I think we still struggle, right? Five and a half years later, it is, it's a constant Mm -hmm. struggle and it is something that you have to be constantly mindful of. I think is Mm -hmm. for me, that's the piece. It's just that mindfulness where your focus and your time go. Because as if you are an entrepreneur spirit, your business just everything is just you just that's just what you think about. And and it's what mm-hmm. you what you want to talk about and you love it, right? We're passionate about what we do. So it weaves its way into every conversation. Um, the one mm-hmm. thing that I have learned that Um, I try to really implement in with my husband is that there's no such thing as balance. There are seasons where it is all about the work. It is. We are in that season here on our uh, cattle operation. Farming is busy. We're shipping cattle to grass. It is. That is the focus right now. It is about business. Mm -hmm. When it slows down and we have time, then it is about us as a couple and time for Mm -hmm. us as a couple. So we, for us, what has worked well was quit trying to find that balance piece, right? We have learned to steal a minute here. If we need to visit about something, or if I just want to spend a few minutes with him, I might crawl on the tractor with him and ride a few rounds and just enjoy that moment that we get, because that may be the only time we get instead of Mm -hmm. expecting him to stop and us go to dinner or, or have this big date or something instead of. Mm-hmm. trying to make these expectations come reality just saying this season there's no balance if we want time together then he's going to help me do dishes in the evening so we can visit about things and I'm going to help him do whatever farming task we got to do today and we're going to say like we're doing it together and and appreciate that time um mm-hmm. and then when seasons are slower in the winter when we're not as busy then we are way more diligent about saying this is the time we really pour into us 
as a couple. And so that's how kind of how we found balance is more knowing our seasons, knowing what each other is capable of, and then pouring in when we have time to pour in to our mm-hmm. marriage and pouring into our business when we have to pour into the business. I love absolutely everything about that. You know what? That makes so much sense. And I feel like it really is just that, you know, that perception switch from, you know, the candlelight dinner expectation to just, you know, Hey, we had five minutes of time where we did something together today. And like, that's amazing. And I think that that's really big for a lot of people, especially like you said, in the entrepreneurial space, when you are so passionate about it. So like, that's me, I would say he's like on board, but I don't necessarily think he's like super passionate about it. He still very much likes having his non-work time where I'm like, oh my goodness, I love what I'm doing. How fast can I get back to my computer to keep working on it? And, you know, we haven't really had, you know, those date nights and those things like that. And I feel like that's his expectation of what it should look like. For me, I'm very much where you guys are at in your relationship. And you're like, and I'm like, oh, you know, we got to spend 15 minutes and we were like editing a podcast together. And I was like, and that's cool for me. Like that's still, you know, alone time. We didn't have children climbing all over us asking for snacks every two seconds. Like I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys have kind of found that. I don't want to say balance because you said you're not sure balance exists, but you found that kind of, I don't know, compromise point, I guess. Uh, and I'm glad that that works for you. It's like, I need to find that because unfortunately my business is not seasonal like yours. <laughs> Ours is more seasonal. And so that does make it a little bit different. Um, but I do think that there's always, I always say like in my book, I talk about like your, your time management and really at the end of the day, your spouse is the one that will be with you in 50 years. Your business will come, it may flourish, it may grow into something unbelievable. You may decide you have a second passion. God may move you to do something else. Your vision and your lenses may change for what you see, Mm -hmm. but you want to keep connected with the person you chose to spend the rest of your life with. And so that is, that's also so important when, when you're talking about both ways, right? Husband and wife and wife and husband, or just your partner is so important to just keep that that relationship at the forefront of what you do for everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yes. not well, that's so true. We're not perfect at it. I mean, make no mistake. <laughs> like we still have moments where we're like, everybody needs five minutes. We'll <laughs> reconvene. <laughs> right. But the awareness, you guys have that awareness now, which is really, really awesome. So I'm glad that that works well. Okay. You've kind of hinted about your book twice now. So give it to us. Tell us all about it. So my book, it was, it's called Take Ownership, Ladies, Find Your Identity and Value and Worth, and Finally Own Your Life. And it hints out of what we are talking about. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a business owner, you're an employee, you're all these things, but who are we as women? You know, we, we feel, I felt, I'm going to speak for myself, overwhelmed, underappreciated, and exhausted. No, mm-hmm. I, it was hard. I loved being a mom. I loved being a wife, but it was like, I felt like I never really t- had ownership in what I was doing. My time was dictated by my kids, my work, my need for everything, you know, and with society nowadays, I feel like it's even worse because your text messenger can go off at any time. Your email, your phone bings like a bazillion times a day. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like we we lost that ability to have 
like ownership of our life, that we are women meant to live abundant life, that we're meant mm-hmm. to be stars in our own life, not just supporting roles in everybody else's life. And so mm-hmm. it, it really was though born out of a place where I had no balance. I had no mindfulness. It was literally, I was searching for that Atta girl from my employer, my kids, my husband, my friends, and it's never really looking at in the mirror and being like, what's going to be best for me? Like what's going to fill my cup so that I can Mm -hmm. pour out to those who I love the most. I think as Mm -hmm. women, we operate in these pendulum swings. And I talk about this in my book about we self-sacrifice our time, our resources, our energy, everything for everybody. And then we have these swings go to the other side where we can become frustrated and angry and bitter and annoyed because we're, we're doing, we're doing so much. How do you not see we're doing so much? And so then we do whatever it is that makes us feel better. And then we feel guilty because we've done whatever that is that makes us feel better. And then we're whoop, all the way back over to this side, right? Like I mean, that's the story of 40 years of my life, you know? And so when I, when I really got to thinking the, the cause on both sides of those pendulum swings is the same. You, you don't, you don't own your life. You don't own your identity. You don't, you don't own your worth. You don't own your value. You, mm. you give that to everybody else. And when they can't, when they don't do what you want them to do, or they don't respond in the manner in which you want them to, then you're devastated and you're hurt instead mm-hmm. of owning your, your life. And, and what I mean by that is, and I talk about it, if you put yourself at the top of the priority list, which sounds, sounds nuts, but just hang in there with me, ladies, hang in there with me a second. If you put yourself at the priority, top of the priority list, and you take care of yourself to the very best of your ability at the beginning of every day, then you are able to pour out of a heart full of love that is full instead of giving out of nothingness. You're able to make better choices, better decisions, better boundaries. And then when something goes awry and somebody doesn't give you the atta girl, you, you know who you are without that atta girl. So it doesn't devastate you. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect you. You allow them to have the space that they need because you know who you are as an independent woman. And it stops. You're not hoping somebody else can make you happy. You're not hoping the kids make things easier. You're not hoping your boss says something nice about you. You're not hoping your husband like high fives you for doing the 500 dish and the 40th load of laundry. Because you know who you are without that. And and Mm -hmm. so your happiness and your joy comes from internally, instead of hoping somebody fills that well up for you, you just fill it up yourself. Absolutely. I 100% agree to that uh, or agree with that. And it's actually funny that you're, you're saying that because, um, I'm a, I'm a bit of an accountability partner in a, in a different job between my partner and I, we have four full-fledged businesses that we're working on. And then we have a fifth one that's in the business plan writing stage. So we've got a lot going on, but, uh, one of those is, you know, helping myself work on my fitness. It's for my accountability and helping other women work on that too. And the theme for, for June is joy is an inside job. That's the the title. And, you know, when I read that, I was like, 
man, like that really hits home. Like it is so true. It should not be, you know, up to my kids or my partner or, you know, my positive reviews for my clients to bring me joy. Like I need to do that for myself. And I find that on the days where I don't want to say I have the time, but I make the time because there is no, there is no time unless you make it a priority to do those things for yourself in the morning. So like this morning, uh, I woke up at six 30 cause Rhett was hungry. And then I was like, all right, we've got to be at the doctors for eight 30. You've got an appointment today. So it was like that two hours, that two hours, how do I spend that? And my first inclination was, you know, to be on your pendulum swing over here and be like, do work for my clients because, you know, self-sacrifice. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I need to look after myself. So I went downstairs and I did a workout and you know what? I was 10 minutes late to Red's doctor's appointment today. And, you know, I was okay with that. I was like, you know what? It was more important to me this morning that I got to do my workout and eat a healthy breakfast and get dressed and look like a human being because I've got a long day today. that's going to be very challenging uh, than it was to show up on time for the doctors. So, you know, sorry to the doctor's office, but like, that was just me. And, you know, I do have a busy day today and I'm not with my kids, but on those mornings where I make time for myself in the morning and do my workout or do my journaling or whatever that is. I find that my patience is better with my kids. My creativity is higher. My energy levels are up there because I've filled my cup first, but it took me a very long time to come to that realization. Well, I think as women, we're conditioned to feel like that's selfish, that as, Mm -hmm. that as a woman, it is your job to make sure that everybody else's needs are taken care of. I I think it's Mm -hmm. a culture. I think it can be society. I think it can be a family hierarchy that that is your job. And so we feel selfish when, when we take care of ourselves first, but the exact opposite is true. If we can take care of ourselves first and fill Mm -hmm. our cup, then like you said, my life is chaotic. everybody, most women's lives are chaotic, right? Like we're so busy Mm -hmm. doing so many things, but if we make the priority to take care of ourselves first, we have so much more to give. We have, Mm -hmm. we can do it with a joyful heart. And that is so, so valuable. And it's teaching our kids It's teaching my little girls to say, Hey, you matter. You matter as a woman, you matter as who you are. You mm-hmm. don't have to have everybody else tell you that you matter, you matter. And you, you set that up. And mm-hmm. for me, the other thing that I had realized, and I'm sure that you could probably attest to this as most women is when you make yourself the priority, because we can only have one priority. Like I think as women, mm-hmm. we feel like we're like super gifted and super naturally human. And we, everything can be a priority but that's not true. Mm -hmm. We can only have one priority at a time, but when your mind Mm -hmm. is clear and your heart is good and you have taken time to fill yourself with whatever that is, working out, moving your body, meditation, good nutrition, quiet time, whatever it is that makes your, fills your cup and, and, and helps you be grounded and centered, you are going to make better choices on picking what is the best priority. And Mm -hmm. that then creates so much less chaos in your life, regardless of how busy it is. You're right. And I feel like we can have a lot of priorities, but only one at a time. I think that's really the big one. You just shift. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times we think they're all the same amount of priorities all at the same time. (laughs) Like, 
No, (laughs) you can't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you were saying too, that, you know, sometimes this is like a, a generational thing. And I really had kind of a hit home moment with that. Uh, last week. So Grayson and I were away this past weekend. My friend got married. So I was at the wedding and he was there doing the photography. So I was talking to my mom before we were left and we were just chatting about the details. And I was like, oh, you know, like I'm really looking forward to having a little bit of like a weekend away. You know, I've just felt like everything is really heavy. I've got so much on my plate right now. And, you know, my mental health is suffering. It was like, I really need this as like a mental health break. And she's just like, oh, your generation is all, you know, about this whole mental health stuff and taking time away from your kids. And you need all these date nights and these weekends. And she's like, we didn't get that. She's like, you guys are just like using all this stuff as like an excuse to have time away and not parent your kids. And I was like, okay, hold the phone mom for starters. I can count on one hand, the number of times I have been away from my children overnight in the three, almost four years we've had children. I was like, it's three times. I think that's acceptable. And like, yeah, there is a generational shift and you guys, you know, didn't have that experience, but also you guys didn't have to deal with mortgage payments that are like three quarters of your income and like rapid inflation costs. And, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like that is a luxury that is just not an option for me based on, you know, how expensive life is right now. I was like, and I get that you had struggles too, mom, but you know, they're very different. So of course there's going to be generational differences about things like that, but it just, it really struck me in that specific example about just how different things were for us. And also, I guess how much more self-aware I am in some of those perceptions and being able to kind of combat that, because I don't doubt that my mom felt the same level of frustration and stress and fatigue that I'm feeling right now, but she wasn't at a place where, you know, I guess she could ask for that kind of help and support to take that time away to fill her own cup again, because she was a stay at home mom, almost exclusively my entire childhood. Yeah. See, and my, I, I agree. I think that, that this is, and I think it's a good move. I really feel like society, there is a difference. And I talk about this a little bit that women at one time, that's what your job was, was you were the stay at home mom, you know, mm-hmm. that, but we've shifted, which is a good shift. We have shifted for women to be able to have these beautiful, vibrant, amazing careers, movers and shakers and mm-hmm. molding this future generations. And, and I love that. I think that that is like so much power that women bring to, to that dynamic. And I feel like that's such a Absolutely. great option for us. But what happens is now we just, we just have two full-time jobs. So we run the career that we love and we want that we're proud of and we want our kids to be proud of us, right? Like, and if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, then that's awesome. But then society still says that it is still our job to chauffeur every kid, make every parent teacher conference, make every homemade meal, do all the laundry. And we're so it's like asking us to do two full-time jobs. We have we have limited time in our lives. And instead of taking anything off the plate, I feel like a lot of times we just heap it on society Mm -hmm. because we want these vibrant, awesome careers. And we want to be able to have time away and take time off and enjoy who we are as married couples and as women independently. And I think Mm -hmm. that's amazing. We should do all that, but we also still have vibrant family lives that require us to be there. So we're doubling our workload with the same amount of time. And so 
I think that that is something that a lot of times that older generation does not understand that they, they were stay at home moms and I was a stay at home mom for quite a while. So I feel like I would wear so many hats that I get that. And it's awesome. If you, if being a stay at home mom is your jam, good. And you're able yeah. to do that. Good. If you're a vibrant career woman and you want to live an awesome life and have a nanny to come in and help you or a house cleaner or a husband that is the primary caretaker, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we should feel mm-hmm. good about that as women. We should feel good about mm-hmm. your daughter is going to see a mama who was brave and bold and started her own business and did all these great things. That's what she's going to remember, you know, mm-hmm. that she took care of herself because don't we want our kids to take care of themselves one day? <laughs> you know, yes. like we have to model that for them. And I think the the thing that people need to realize is that Kids need happy parents. So whether that happiness comes from being a stay-at-home mom or, you know, running six businesses or, I don't know, some combination of the two, whatever makes the parent happy is going to trickle down to the kids. And that's what we need to be doing. But I feel like we're very much stuck in a little bit of a societal kind of breaking point where, you know, you're selfish if you don't have children and you want to focus on your career, but then if you have a career and you have the children, then you're selfish for taking time to work on your career instead of being with the kids. It's like a lose-lose situation where society doesn't seem to be happy about any of the decisions that have been made by women. (laughs) Which is why I think for my book, it's like, just just own your own, know your value, know your worth, know your identity. Because once you know that, then what society tells you you should or should not be doing becomes so much less important because you Mm -hmm. know you are killing it to the very best of your ability for your kiddos and for your family. Mm -hmm. And that is that that's where that power comes from. That's that ownership piece. Like I get to own this. You don't get to tell Mm -hmm. me whether I'm valuable or not. You don't get to tell me if I'm making a good choice or not. That's not that's not your job. I get to decide um, where my value and my worth comes from. So then I am doing things that, that make my soul happy. So I can, my kids can see that they can see that in their own, in their own model, in their own life. For sure. So along those lines, without giving away too much of your book, do you have any like tips that you can share or that you recommend for women to kind of help get them to that point? I think the biggest thing the biggest tip I have um, is just going to be spending time by yourself, learning who you are. And I'm talking like five minutes a day, get up five minutes early. I think we want to make it complicated, right? We want to make it hard. We want to make it some sort of like grandioso gesture, but really five minutes of stillness in the morning of just what you just in quiet, just really relearning who you are. For me, I'm a woman of faith. And so I love to get up. I love to spend time in my faith to re-solidify who I am as a woman. And it just reminds me to set that intention every day to be the best version of myself I can be. Not the version that everybody expects me to be, but the version that I am going to be able to look back at the end of the day. And when I lay my head on the pillow to know I did the best job I could do that day and that I brought the joy and the peace and the freedom to my life and my family's life for that day. 
I mean, mm-hmm. my kids will tell you, I'm like the, like I walk around the house and if I'm like proud of a decision or a choice I made, I'm like, you go girl. <laughs> That's what I do to myself. <laughs> or I like look at our hallway mirror. I'm like, yes, you go girl. And my kids are like, oh my gosh, but you know what? Like it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, and it tells my brain that it's like recognizing like, Hey, you did a good job. That way you feel good about yourself, right? Like you, because if you do that long enough, your brain starts feeling because it's like tricking your brain into fe- having that, you know? So then your brain's like, Oh, let's do that again. Oh, that was good. She was really excited about that. Like we should make that choice again. Instead of like, you suck and you're never doing enough and you're always not doing what you should be doing and you could do more. I mean, mm-hmm. if we can't talk to ourselves like that, we wouldn't talk to anybody else like that. We can't talk to ourselves like mm-hmm. that. We just put ourselves down. So just learn to give yourself that at a girl five minutes a day of quiet and learn to find that at a girl in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it is, you attract more of what you put out there, even if it's internal thoughts. So if you're like, oh my goodness, I am absolutely awful at this, then you're going to continue to be and feel awful at that activity because that is what your brain is like. Okay. Well, that's what, you know, that's the reality you create, you, you shape your own reality. So I love that. It reminds me a lot of, um, the high five habit by Mel Robinson. I don't know if you've read that one not read it. You're the second person that has mentioned it. So I just like a sign. I am reading that book because I literally should, that, like it. I, I would, I'm sure I'm going to love it. I love Mel Robinson. So I'm sure I'm going to love it. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But I want to just say uh, quickly before we wrap up that you're right. Like everyone's like, Oh, this like grandiose thing. And my last podcast episode that I released was actually about my morning routine. And you know, in it, I talk about, you know, it's kind of like two hours, which seems like a lot, but like, it doesn't have to be like that. And I didn't start like that. It started with five minutes of quiet time in the morning to myself before my kids got up. And then as I started to really enjoy that five minutes, I just kept stretching it and stretching it and stretching it. And now we've just worked it into my day that, you know, I get up a little bit before my kids and I do my workout and have a shower and then they're awake, but then my partner is making breakfast so that I can do my journaling and plan my day so that not only am I good in like my personal life, but I'm also good in my business too. So you don't have to start, like, don't wake up two hours early tomorrow. No one's going to want to do that. Your alarm's going to go off. You're going to be like, what was I thinking? Snooze. Be like, no, start small and then grow from there. And that is like, seriously, like the most powerful tip with your business, with yourself, with, with any of that, it's the small mm-hmm. tips, it's the small things added together that make a difference. You know, they talk about Darren Hardy has a book. It's called the 1% compound effect. And that's, that's, yes, I love that one. That's like one of my favorite books. And I read it annually because we dismiss the small things that we do. We always want to get on mm-hmm. the train. We always want somebody to notice what we're doing, which sometimes Mm -hmm. it is the things that we do that nobody else sees that makes the biggest impact in our lives. Oh, absolutely. I have a a habit tracker that I started using after I read his book. And, you know, I was really, really good at doing those small things because it was the check mark. And then after a while, because I hadn't, you know, the book uh, information wasn't fresh in my memory started getting very not so good at doing those. Cause I was like, Oh, it only take five minutes. I'll do it later. And then, you know, the day's over. And I was like, later never came and then rinse and repeat. 
And like some of the small things on my habit tracker right now are getting movement in, which I haven't been very good at, but I'm also kind of recently postpartum. So my body is not at the state where it was at to be moving every day, but also just sending invites out for my business. So I have it as like a core pillar of my business that I want to send five emails out to businesses that I want to work with and like do social media and email marketing for every day as a way to like grow my brand awareness and also put out into the world what I would like to attract back to my business in terms of like clients and work and like income to support my family. And, uh, it's been many weeks of no check marks in that column. And I was like, it's so easy. It is one email. I copy and paste it. It's exactly the same, but I haven't made the time to do it. And, you know, you saying this is like, okay, like I should probably go back and reread this book. Cause after I read that book, I was like, this is why it's a core pillar of my business. It's going to grow my business and I need to do it. Yep. And I, I think that is for me. And I think if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a wife, if you're a mama, if you're a woman, right? Like, and we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to do, we're trying to do the best we can in this thing that we call crazy, crazy life. Like it is those pieces, you know, we have to own, mm-hmm. we get to own our day. We get to own our time. We get to own our intentions. We get to take ownership of all those pieces and sometimes it's not about big things and it's not, it's about getting back to the small things that make big differences. We we're just talking and I was like, oh, like a really good reference to motherhood for this is, you know, I like to be like, let's plan this really awesome outing with our kids on the weekend. And you know what, honestly, they'd probably be happier if mommy spent five minutes each day playing with them one-on-one than if I spent that five minutes planning the weekend outing that they won't remember in two years because, you know, they're two and three. <laughs> we have, but it's that pendulum, right? Like we, we want, Mm -hmm. we want people to see us doing, we want, I mean, subconsciously, we want the picture at the park with our kids that shows that we're a good mom. We don't, (laughs) I mean, it it sounds so bad, but that's really like, it's true. Like we, instead of just laying on the floor and playing trucks with your two-year-old, that is going to be more Mm -hmm. valuable, more meaningful probably to them. But we, we miss that because when we're searching, when we're always searching for the a girl, whether it comes through social media, whether it comes from complete strangers, whether it comes from our, our, the, our, the people who are in our closest circle, we're always searching yeah. for that instead of, but when you take all that away and you, you know who you are internally and you know mm-hmm. who you are, your identity and your value and your worth, then laying on the floor playing trucks brings you just as much joy, if not more joy than doing something for everybody to see because you don't need it. Mm-hmm. If you choose to do it, you can, if you don't, it's okay because you don't need somebody to say you are killing it as a mother because you know, you are doing the best job you can do. Yes. Just yes. <laughs> so much. Yes. In today's episode. So I want to say thank you so much for being here today. And before we wrap up officially, I loved our chat and I'm sure that everyone listening has as well. So how can they find you? So they get more of your amazing insight and advice. So I am on Facebook and Instagram at Mrs. Becky Spore. So it's M-R-S and then B-E-C-K-Y-S-P-O-R-R-E-R. And then I have a website, um, www.mrsbeckyspore.co. And then I have a YouTube mm-hmm. channel, but you can find the YouTube channel mm-hmm. is also on um, my website. So I do a weekly teaching about things that I'm going through in life and just lessons that I've learned. And I'm a teacher, so we call their conversations and teachings. <laughs> so amazing. 
Yep. That's the easiest way to find me is in those areas. And where is your book available? So my book will be available on Amazon. And so it'll, there'll be a link um, right now. We're finishing it up to get it all, everything all buttoned up. And so it should be coming out. We're hoping within the next week to 10 days. So, but it'll okay. be, find it on my website. It'll be available on Amazon. So there's going to be a audio or there's going to be a downloadable PD, like a download book. And then there's also going to be the paperback, the paper book. So amazing. And I'm not sure when this episode is going up. So keep me posted on your launch date. And then if you've officially launched before this, then I'll put the link in the show notes for everybody. Perfect. Okay. Cause I we're awesome. still working on all that too. So I don't know when it's going to launch either. <laughs> hey, that's okay. I've got like a million and a half projects that I keep telling people about. And they're like, so when's that happening? And I was like, I'll let you know when I know. <laughs> Back to that. Well, and at this point, it's like out of my hands. Now it's in the publisher's hands. And so I'm like, fair. Oh, so much fun today, so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to Go Get Great. I hope you found some useful tips and tricks that can help you make life and business work together. If what I said resonates with you, please share it on social media and don't forget to tag at Brittany Miller Socials so that I can celebrate you for taking those first steps towards achieving greatness. Remember, success doesn't happen overnight. It takes dedication, hard work, and a lot of spirit. So don't be afraid to dream big and go after what you want. Keep striving for greatness. You get closer with every step forward, no matter how small they may seem. Until next time, go get great.